Hello, and welcome to Money Bee Week. This is Steve Grosser with Kristen Scholar, Eric Holm, and Paul Vigna. It's been a wild week in the markets after this. Disruptive may be just another overused buzzword, but disruptions in business like network downtime, data loss, social media abuse, and limited bandwidth are downright disruptive. For businesses large or small, Barracuda Networks offers powerful, affordable, yet easy-to-implement content security, application delivery, and data protection solutions, all designed to prevent disruptions and simplify IT. For an online demo or to try any of our security or storage solutions risk-free for 30 days, visit barracuda.com disruptive. America was built by people with a few dollars and a dream. And while many don't know it, there's one path to success that still only requires a dream and about $10. That's right. If your dream is to start or grow your business, something as simple as the right business card could make all the difference. And today, at Vistaprint.com, you can get 500 full-color business cards for only $9.99. That's right. Only $9.99. Just go to Vistaprint.com and enter promo code 7878 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code seven eight. Seven, eight. So let's like break this down. The markets got off. You know, we were basically saw 100 point declines Monday, Tuesday. We're down 5% since, uh, you, know, the mar- you know, the market hit its record. Fed comes out 2 o'clock Wednesday and everything is fine. We're up 4.5% roughly since then. Yeah, a little over 4%. That's right. We saw declines Friday, Monday, and Tuesday. And then the slow melt-up into the Fed meeting, which we know is is in usual fashion. The Fed came out, delivered on course, took a dovish stance. Markets, stock shot up, um, melted a little bit down during the press conference when Yellen said it could be at least two meetings until we get the ne- next rate hike. But markets... Seemed to like it overall. Ended at session highs, and the Dow was up more than 700 points over the course of both Wednesday and Thursday. You know, the thing I find funny about it is in in reading the commentary that day and in reading things since then, it, it really seems like the Fed is trying to make the case that they were not going dovish. But the market clearly took it as outrageously dovish. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, they, they still said, we're trying to set the, 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 the path for rate hikes. We're setting things up. We altered the language a little bit, but this is what we expect to do. But the market took that. I mean, 700 points in two days. The market took that as as dovish a statement as they could have possibly come up with. Now, the question, so, the question I have- Who's right and who's wrong? Well, no, the question I have is, is this, did, did anything fundamentally change- in the view of well, what you thought that you think the Fed was going to do between, you know, at 2 o'clock. Right. That, I mean, we're still saying mid-2015 for a rate hike. I think exactly, the, Grocer. Exactly. Right. Did anything really change? I think the Fed acted like the adult in the room. They certainly wanted to calm fears. They knew that the market was waiting for potentially a removal of the key phrase considerable time, saying that it could be a considerable time until they raised rates, which most people were expecting to mean six months, but that phrase lost a little bit of potency after QE ended. And I think, you know, they just wanted to hold investors' hands as much as possible, assuring them that they're not going to do any sudden rate hike um, out of nowhere, especially against the backdrop that we've been seeing of weak global growth, um, you know, geopolitical tensions that were certainly there in the summer when we had one of our our last pullbacks. And, um yeah, we you sort know, of falling skipped past, oil prices as well. Yeah, we sort of skipped past the the, the earlier part of the week. I mean, Tuesday was nutty. Yeah. I mean, we we well, wanted we'll to do that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, it, okay, all right. All well, right. actually, I, I mean, but I, it's look, so weird no. that the, the, suddenly well, the market, everyone's happy. But again. listen, well, I, I think I think the market happy. got the Fed right. 
I think the Fed went dovish. I think they backed off what they were talking about. They'll never admit that, but I, I think they did. I think they absolutely did. They changed the way they added the word patient. It's all tea leaf reading, but I think the market got it right. I think they have seen what's going on around the rest of the world. They've seen the problems that the ECB is having. They see the problems that Japan is having with its economy and its stimulus. I, th- I think they backed off. I really well, do. Well, I was actually going to, I was going to take somewhat of an like you know opposite view and it's not actually my view is one of the strategists I was reading the other day it was actually uh, you know his first take on it on Wednesday was this is a very dovish uh, you, you know uh, release the next day he started questioning that and the reason was because all the language was about they're not concerned about oil they're not concerned about Russia right. they're not right. concerned no mention about the merging. of any of that yeah, yeah. I, and, and, and in fact they think this is all going to be transitory and 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 they're not like you know and they're not you know overly you know that concerned about you know inflation and so it raises a question like you know was it actually that dovish if you get past the fact that they left in that you know the phrase considerable time but they're only doing that in comparison to patient maybe it wasn't as you know, dovish as you know, everyone. Maybe you know. In fact, the the Fed is just we're keeping ourselves on the same path we always were. But I do agree with you in the fact that I think the maybe some participants in the market also got ahead of themselves in thinking that like after November's jobs report, the economic data that has been coming out, that you know um, the mar- that that it could be sooner than six months. That in fact the, a rate increase could come in the you know earlier in the first half of the year of 2015. I don't know. I, I I think that was part of it, and I think the market had, you know, gotten gotten itself out of position, if you want to say it that way. And I think that's why you saw such a furious rally. But I I, I think the Fed's trying to have it both ways and give themselves as much room as they can. But I really I I'm telling you, I agree with the market. They they backed off the rate hike. They backed they did they backed off. Now if things look better in three months, they can come back to it. Like I said, give themselves a lot of room. But right now, December, I think they backed off what they were planning to do just a couple of months ago. You think it's just right sense of swing take? I don't have anyone's ear. I don't think think they've actually backed off anything. I think they have. Because, I mean, the reality reality is, like, you know, the Fed, it wasn't, you know, the Fed is, I mean, this all comes down to the fact that it's, this is simply the Fed has said this over and over again, and maybe the market just isn't picking this up, and maybe data the market dependent. is stupid. This yeah. is data dependent, the one thing and it's going to change based on the data. And the, okay. the one thing that well, did surprise a lot of strategists was that they, the Fed itself did not actually raise the growth forecast going out for both this year and especially 2015. The market was expecting that those projections would be raised even more than they actually were. And yes, we certainly didn't hear um, any mention of Russia or falling oil prices or any weakness in emerging markets. But the fact that there wasn't a big um, upward swing in some of those growth projections, you know, had a lot of people wondering just how strong the U.S. economy is. I mean, it's clearly showing signs of improvement, but I think that's um, added to the dovish stance that that some of the the strategists took. Uh, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. I think did you guys see the the story that we had? And I think it was in real times about the Pew the Pew report today. Yeah, just saying how. And again, it gets to the point of well, what is the fundamental strength of this economy? Yeah, the numbers look. Okay, you have positive GDP growth, positive job growth, but when you look at the breakdown of who's getting what out of this growth, a very small percentage of the people are getting all of it, and everyone else is getting none of it. 
That is not a fundamentally strong situation. That is what Janet Yellen keeps alluding to. That's what her dashboard is really about. And I think, yeah, it's data dependent, but I think the data is not saying what everyone thinks the data is saying. And I think the Fed is legitimately afraid well, that, well, that they that, are going to raise rates and they are going to choke yeah. off what is essentially a weak recovery. But I, but that's the thing is why I'm that's what I'm what I'm like, I guess my point to you is when you say the Fed backed off what it was planning to do. I don't think the Fed is backed off. I think the Fed is very focused on a lot of those data points that you just mentioned and is not going to act until they really see some like traction in those areas. And you know, it's like and it's wage growth. I mean, Paul, yes. you've hammered home wage growth for I think 6 years. <laughs> 7 years now. Years. And, and I mean and and, the, and Jenny Ellen is very you know, you know, is watching that and I think everyone is sort of watching that because yes. You know, it, it, you but need, I think you the, need that. The, the, the Fed knows how to read those. The, Fed, the market knows how to read those statements, and they know what the code, what these words are code for. Considerable time is a code word. Patient is a code word. They not only left in considerable time, they added patient. They put one on top of the other. And but then Yellen was talking about April in the press. I mean, not saying well, exactly. That's the thing. That's what I mean. I think they're trying to have it both ways. Well, I mean, but I, think, I think the market took the fundamental thing, which is. They backed off. I think there's one thing that's indisputable, which is that the way that they phrase that language, it certainly gives them more flexibility. And on one side, you have an improving economy. On the other side, you have weakness abroad. There's more flexibility in place going forward. And and another thing, too, is like- Which is fine. You have to. The Fed has to thread the needle in that. In, in the, you know, when it came out on Wednesday. I mean, you don't. The markets were in a, in a, you know, a very precarious spot, very jittery. So you don't want to freak out the market, but you also want to start laying the framework. The you know, for in the you know, for raising rates, which and they've that, been doing for more than a year. And you could say they've been doing. How much further do you have to lay the framework? You could say they've done the most complicated topic in the world. It actually, it it actually is is somewhat complicated. And and raise them or you don't raise them. You don't don't want you don't want like you don't want market (laughs) reactions like the taper tantrum. You want to be able to keep rates under control. You want the market to not have a freak out because you want to keep this sort of you know um, the economy on its footing. What's the difference between laying the groundwork? Forever and just not raising rates. Like, how much longer does it take to the, the market well, I, knows they're going to raise rates? The groundwork has been laid. Or, or, All that it is is when they are going to do right. it. Right, and, that, and they, that's an important question. And I think and, they and, backed and when, off on Wednesday. I think the last when we had the taper tantrum a little over a year ago, um, there was there was question of if if this is the new normal. Actually, if we would never raise rates because the markets freaked out so much. Yes. Well, the, question, the, the question I have is, to Paul, is, you know, you agree that everyone expected mid-2015. I would say the majority, not everyone. Majority. And there were people talking about it coming even sooner. And there, there were people, and there's people. I mean, you know, that you quoted in your <laughs> Money Beat saying it was 2016. Yes. I mean, on the spectrum, every, you know, right. it's pretty wide. You know, and basically that didn't change at all. Like, hey, man, look, all, I'm saying, is, all I'm saying is I agree with the market. I think the market read it one way, and I agree with the market. That's it. That's all wow. the point I'm making, Grosser. It's surprising. I'm not going to the mat here. Um, then- no, so I guess the move on is, you know, it is the last podcast of the year. What, uh, what, do we, what can we expect for the rest of the year, and do you, what do you expect in 2015? Oh, who wants to go first? Eric when, when will the Fed raise rates? That's the main question going into 2015, right? That everything that else stems from that. June, the uh, June 2015 meeting. June, 
And I that's agree. primarily for stocks because they've been addicted to this Fed stimulus for so long, this ultra low interest rate environment where stocks, you know, have relatively speaking offered much higher returns than where they can find them elsewhere. Um, you know, obviously, stocks have seasonals on their side. It's quite often that we see them rise into year end in the first few days of January. Um, there's a lot of talk of the so-called Santa Claus rally, which, which actually begins the, the day after Christmas, last five trading days of the year, first two trading days in the new year. So there's certainly, I mean, I mean, the tailwinds are an improving U.S. economy, low inflation, a flurry of buybacks and deal activity, and these ultra-low rates that have continued to stick around. I think, uh, I think there is a very good chance that the Fed does not raise rates next year. I think there's a very good chance of it. I think you are going to see the global economy continue to weaken. That is, we are not going to be immune from that. I think the ECB has a lot of problems in putting together the stimulus that they've been promising for years. I think they're going to fall short on that. I think the Bank of Japan is going to struggle to do anything to revive its economy. The Fed is going to see all that. And I think there's a very good chance that they do not raise rates at all next year. What about falling oil prices? Is that going to be uh, positive or negative? I think that is not as positive as everyone thinks it is. It's nice. It's psychologically it's good, but it does not change. How, it not does not change how much overall disposable income you have in your wallet. Yes, it allows you to spend a little more money on something else and a little less money on oil, and that feels good. But it doesn't change the aggregate amount of spending in this country. So the the spending we have now, the growth that we have now, I don't think that is going to change as much as people think. And I think the bigger issue with oil is what it's doing to the capital markets than what it's going to do to the economy. And I think it is much more negative in the capital market. But yesterday, for the first time in almost a month, we actually saw stocks to couple from oil. Yes, that's well, right. Yeah. yeah, but it's not just what it does to stocks. It's what it does to the, the bond market, to the debt market, to the junk market. I, I mean, what it does to oil companies that are now going to have to cut back on, on their production, on their, their capital expenditures, what that level of overall capital spending means for the economy. It's not in my mind, at least, it's not just what it does for the equities market. It's what it does for the entire capital market picture. And I think it is much more negative than people are giving it credit for. And, you know, but there sorry. Are also, but there are also plenty of positives, actually, in oil's decline that go beyond just what a consumer has in their pocket of spending. I mean, oil is one of the biggest costs that companies have. So you have companies outside of the production, you know, thing that will that get a boost true. for their yes. earnings. But, you know, we'll have more money to be able to, you know, um, to now put into hiring. Yes, um, that is very and, true. and those are all positive. To do some last-minute Christmas shopping. It is a mixed, you know, bag. I mean, you know, especially as the U.S. has become the biggest oil producer, um, although it's still a net yeah. Uh, net positive, order. certainly. I, I can't wait for the airlines to renege on all their baggage fees because they're making so much money off cheap oil now. <laughs> but I mean, it, you know, so that coming? But I also think I think you know the point about the capital markets and the concern that you that you're sort of raising, Paul, is is like a large part. A large part of that concern was how quickly it had tumbled and how fast you know that it moved. Uh, you know, it wasn't a slow move. It was you know it was a sudden it was a crash. Um, it was and, a crash. And that that is very difficult for the capital markets to move as long as it's Sort of, if it, even though the price sort of stabilizes at a lower, or it moves, starts, you know, it keeps edging slowly lower. Look, I think the capital markets will be able to handle it, and they will be a, you know, it probably will be a slight positive. I mean, for the the U.S. economy, hey, man, I, more than listen, slight. I think more than slight. Too. Uh, I hope you're right, but I, I was trying you are, to. Be. But I hope you're right. Um, 
And, and, and in terms of, you know, 2015, in terms of the, you know, I, I, the reason I think the mid of the year is I think the Fed has made it, you know, clear over and over again that that's its plan. The Fed has said we're slow and steady. Um, the Fed has never shown unless it's, you know, is unless the problems overseas really start, you know, hammering the U.S. job market, U.S. growth. The, the Fed has shown very little concern for the um, the Europe, Japan, China. Um, it showed very little concern for emerging markets in the in the this Does year. It- I mean, as long as the U.S. economy stays strong and continues to improve, not I shouldn't say strong, continues to improve. I know I was like setting Paul up to jump <laughs> and down wages my throat, go that up. Word, um, that that I think the Fed will feel comfortable because I mean at the end of the day, and, and you've said this many times, well, I mean we're talking about a small rate increase. You know, yes, if this economy that, cannot right. handle, you know, point five. Right, <laughs> rain increase. Well, I slow mean, down. Point five. What? Well, we start with point two five. Yeah, sir. Two, four, right. yeah, zero point two. One five. thing at a Don't time. Go so fast, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, it's not exactly like they're going to be tightening. Grocery, you'd be a radical Fed chief. No, I know. Exactly. <laughs> zero to point five. It's too much. But too that was much. like that, we were talking about Hit that the, the breaks, other day. Cowboy. Was like remember. When like the Fed, yes. the big yes. the big thing you had to determine of the Fed was whether it was going to be like a half a point or a point. Right. You know, and now we're like maybe we, yeah we're gonna we're worried move, about two words yeah from two words to uh, two basis points yeah but uh, we're at a basis point <laughs> yeah exactly so do you think the, do you, do you think stocks will you know uh, you know finish the year up. Well, up for they, the year they, up for no, the no, year no 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 next year sorry oh next year oh next year. 2015. Oh, that's a hard one. I mean, no, we've had history a, says yes. We've had I quite a yes. run. We've had quite a run. Yeah. The, yeah, I think the biggest question is how resilient, I, and we've hammered this home, but how resilient will stocks be to higher interest rates? Because look at, other than weak global growth, there you know, are a dozen things, half a dozen things working in stocks' favor. Corporate earnings, an improving economy, low inflation, buybacks, deals. And, and how many of those things get unwound when they start raising rates? Well, that's a good question. No, that, that's a you know that's a that's a fair question. But again, if they you know slow and steady, I mean, once again, I mean, is a zero point two five rate increase going to really uh, you know? Right. I think we'll see that rate increase coming from so far away. Yeah. That, that when it comes, which I do think is middle of next year, no one will be surprised. There by the time it gets here. I mean, Paul, you were making light of this, but they, they have been setting this up for so long and so slowly mm-hmm. and so deliberately that by the time it comes, the market should not be in any way surprised by that move. And also helping is the fact that longer term, I mean, they're talking, we're talking about the Fed raising short term interest rates. The longer term interest rates actually are still at pretty low levels. I would say the, the, the question is. Can the economy, both in the United States and the global economy is an issue too, look, economies don't just flatline. They either go up or down. They either gain steam and take off and they can fly on their own or they go downward. We're going to go one way or the other. The question is not just, you know, does the economy continue growing? It's does the growth accelerate? Does the growth start to take off? Do do wages really start to grow on a sustained basis? Uh, I got to say, I'm going to go bearish. And I think next year is going to be much worse than everybody thinks. I think the problems overseas are are deeper than we're giving them credit for. And I think it's it's uh, it's kind of Pollyanna-ish to think that we're not going to be affected by them. I think 
economic growth is going to disappoint. The Fed is going to feel compelled not to raise rates. And I'm going to I'm going to go with stocks being down next year. Well, we know that China's growth is slowing and and Japan is certainly not outperforming by any means. But there's a lot of talk that Europe's actually reached a bottom. Which two years ago in the spring of 2014, we were talking about that, too. And, you know, going into 2013, 2013 was supposed to be the the blowout year from Europe. They were going to come off their lows that sputtered. And, you know, now we're dealing with um, major growth issues there and and falling prices as well. But many do believe that now, again, is 2015 the year for Europe. Right. Uh Oh, yeah, <laughs> Pimco. Pimco was out yesterday saying that you know they they view global growth as being, you know, um, slightly up two point seven five from two point five this year. So I mean, that's their prediction for global growth. Yeah, for two thousand fifteen for the entire globe. Yeah, global growth. Well, that, that stinks. What's your prediction, Paul? It's not great, but it is it's, it's terrible. Of, it should be at least it's, it's three an, for the global. Uh, it's, it's an improvement over two thousand fourteen, and you know. It's not good. I think I think Europe's going to be a problem. I really think Mario Draghi in the first quarter is going to be is going to be held to the promise he's been making for a couple of years, which is basically QE. And I don't think he is going to be able to pull it off because I don't think the Germans are going to let him. And when that happens, I think Europe is going to get turned very ugly. I could be wrong. And look, dark. I. What do you want from me? I didn't tell you how I feel. Do I want to be right? No, I don't want to be right. I would love to be wrong because it means that everything's good. I, I, I rely on my salary. I want to see things good. But I, I think Mario Draghi's been talking and talking and stalling for time because he cannot get what he wants. And I think that situation is going to come to a head in the first quarter of 2015. The other thing, too, is, you know, he hasn't had to. Well, exactly. He hasn't had to. Right. Um. And, and and we do need you do need the dark cloud in the room, yeah, Paul. <laughs> I'm a very optimistic person about my own life. I mean, I'm not I'm not really a dark person. Um, how many losers are on your list for this year? <laughs> right, right. Uh, in, in, in next week or early the week after, we'll have uh, our winners, winners and losers. And losers. Right, our winners and, and losers. In, in our very short meeting, Paul came up with 15 losers. <laughs> It was just just fifteen. It was hey, it was a volatile year. <laughs> <laughs> but you can always see the, but the silver lining too. on a dark I had, cloud. I had winners on that list on that notepad. You saw the winners too, Eric. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I really liked that our loser, or one of our losers, was going to be all these uh, high, you know, these massive divorce things. <clears throat> Right. <laughs> and as Kristen pointed out, how would you phrase it, Kristen? All the single ladies. Yeah, they were the winners. The year of the single ladies. Yeah. Is that what it is, 2014? The the year year of, some the and, and the, the divorce lawyers. And the, the divorce divorcees. Yeah. 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 And their lawyers. Huge settlements. Yeah. yeah. I, instead of people tracking Harold Ham's um, you know, daily worth based on oil, they really should be tracking his wife's daily yeah. value based on oil. Based on Based on oil and based on what her lawyer is going to get her out of the settlement. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. So is it the year of the what is that that show the uh, the girlfriend's guide to divorce? Right. Is that the that's the zeitgeist? I um, I don't know. I don't know if I can go that far. But look, there certainly have some been some clear winners there. Those might be all all three of them, three, four, five of them. Are those all the winners on your list? Yes, yeah. they're all the winners on my list. <laughs> no other ones. I don't know. No. Uh, them and Apple. Yeah, Apple, Apple. Apple had a great year. Yeah, I mean, Apple. You, you talk about Apple for a second. Like, that's a company that people were ready to give up on. They, they well, Tim people, Cook people, didn't yeah, have exactly. it. Steve Jobs had passed away. About this. Yeah, they're going to be stagnant forever. Yeah, and they like, couldn't innovate anymore. Couldn't innovate Samsung, Google, Android. 
boom, this company is they look as as cutting edge as they ever have. Their profits are tremendous. Are you going to buy an Apple Watch? Well, I, mean, I actually like. I mean, here's I might, the thing. I, might I mean, it it, it. it it was an interesting like it's an interesting point to be like Apple hasn't come up with like a new product to blow right. you know. But I mean, it you know it's the numbers that Apple's still producing, um, and they do have like there are threats to Apple. But I mean, I think everyone got way too you know car- they got way too carried building Apple up into this you know and you know uh, incredible company. And then the, you know I think last in 2013 you saw too many people just trying to whack it down too much. Yeah, it, it is a company that is extraordinarily profitable, and this is not a well, young company. And, and I mean that is like, either. Look now they now they do you know they're, they're a big. Thing was always creating markets. Well, now you've got the watch. So, and I know, I know, Andrew, um, Samsung already has a watch, but, but uh, there were Apple's smartphones. There were smartphones be, before right, the exactly, iPhone, right? And there were right. iPad. You know, there were tablets before the right. tablet. It's not that what what it's not, Apple doesn't come in and you know create a new product. Exactly number one. They reinvent right. the old right. product and create a new marketplace for it because no one wanted a tablet until it was an iPad. Right. And I'll be very interested to see how Apple Pay does. Because mobile payments, I think, is is going to be a big. Right. That's one of the hot trends of the yes. new year, I'd say. That is going to be a I big, think, big, and, big and thing. it's going to be really interesting to watch because I think more and more people like you would target, and you know, you had so many, you know, play, uh, you know, stories of you know right. you losing your information to retailers, be it for hackers, yeah. that people are going to, you know. Well, we have a vote about this on the blog right now, yeah, don't we? Yeah, exactly. Using Do mobile. you use mobile payments? Yeah, and it's yes it's, or no. Go to our blog and check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Good plug. Uh, it's running very high for the the yes the yes vote. Yeah. I voted Last yes. Last I looked, it was like eighty twenty vote uh, yes. Although I, I would I would make this point though, you would suspect that you know the people who are on the internet reading Money Beat a little bit more tech savvy than you know. But yeah. hey, everyone Good at the end of the day, everyone is still worried about privacy. Doesn't yeah. matter how tech savvy right. you are, I'm still worried about it. But disclaimer, I'm not that tech savvy. What did you vote, Eric? <laughs> I voted yes. Call us. Uh, Grocer? I didn't vote. You didn't what? vote? What? No, I didn't vote. I You're voted. staying neutral in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I voted no. I don't, what? I don't, I don't use some old pay- payments. This is, this is a this man. Is from this, the guy still yeah. <laughs> this is the guy who was writing a Bitcoin book. <laughs> <laughs> When's that coming I, I out? Wrote it. January 27th. Oh, uh, nice. Wrote. What's it called it's again? Written. What's it called? Uh, the Age of Cryptocurrency, St. Martin's Press, January 27th. Thank you very much, Eric Holmes. Sure. I still use cash. What are you kidding me? I still use cash. You're the biggest Luddite. <laughs> he really is. But I recognize trends. All right. And mobile payments, <laughs> Apple, I think it's an interesting trend. But I really do feel that I've seen several banks over the last couple weeks announcing that they're getting on board. Yeah. Oh, they with, are. It's they are. really, they, it is, right. there was some question as to whether it would catch on. Right, which and is what Christian just said. It's going to yeah, be a yeah, big yeah, trend yeah. in 2015. Yeah. I don't want to hold cards. I don't want to hold keys, all this clutter. I don't want it, I don't want it anymore. So, of yeah, course, if I can do phone. it all on my iPhone or even maybe from a smartwatch someday and right. sans the phone. Yeah, but, I mean, for now, you can't do that because you don't know where you're going to be able to use Apple Pay. Right. I mean, you know you can use it but well, well, I was about to say the drugstore, but you can't Walgreens. use it at the drugstore because they, 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 those are the people that have backed out. I was in they a Walgreens yesterday, right? and on their, their little payment uh, pad, it said, we take Apple Pay. Okay, but I, I, I'm, I didn't I'm use speaking it. I sort cash. of out of turn here, but I really feel like a couple of drugstore chains. They did. They, I forget who it was. Was it CVS? Right yeah. Aid? Who was it? You're right. Someone did. They turned it on, and then they turned it off real quick. Right, 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 because they're working on a competing one. Right. Right. So... But still, I mean, th- this is going to be the, These, the from companies that give you a receipt that's three feet long. Yeah, I was every time say, you go in there, yeah, yeah you sure. really going to tr- trust your, you know, 
the the sort of I pay from the drugstore over a tech company in terms right, of giving right. all your. That's been doing it for a long time. I, yeah. I, 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 I'm not sure how in well the space that's, for a long time. Exactly. Um, I think that's probably a good place to end it this week. Sure. Um, have a wonderful holiday, and uh, we'll see you in the new year. You've been listening to the Money Beat Podcast.